never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host. Gabriel Parker and this is where the culture meets scripture listen I have a phenomenal show today for you guys I have a special guest my brother Baron Clay on the show today we're going to be talking about obtaining joy through suffering listen many of us are faced in circumstances that we didn't see coming with this COVID-19 and pandemic, lockdown, many of us are suffering. We're forced to face ourselves and forced to face different circumstances and issues as a result of this pandemic. And for many of us, some of the things that we have wrestled with or been wrestling with have only been magnified in this season. And so I want to talk about how to go through, how to endure, how do we obtain joy through suffering? Because we know there's many sermons out there that's telling us to hold on to the end and your breakthrough is coming and the joy is coming in the morning and all of these wonderful things. But there's a reality that many of us have been facing that man things aren't the morning time comes and things haven't changed and we wait till the next morning and the morning after that and we still find ourselves in the same circumstance and so what I want to do what I want to do along with my brother Baron today as I interview him is I want you guys to listen to his testimony he has a phenomenal amazing testimony And listen, he just released his new book titled Good Morning Joy. And his bio reads, in our broken world where everyone is affected by suffering and death, what kind of hope can a person experience from the day-to-day struggles of life? We can experience the good morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, joy life. The good morning joy is a paradox. While suffering many times, this is where we experience true joy, not just fickle happiness that fluctuates by our circumstances. True joy often comes through our times of sorrows. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 10 writes, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. So by saving faith in Christ, we can have joyful hearts in the midst of a suffering world. Baron Elias Claif is a disciple of Jesus Christ, husband to Lakeisha Michonne, father of three daughters, Destiny Desiree and Bethany Grace. He is an, he is an urban leader an itinerant speaker, but most importantly, he loves to serve God's sheep as a lay leader at Berean Covenant Church. There he uses his gifts of preaching, teaching, 
and leads in evangelism from time to time. He is the founder and director of Block Huggers. It's an urban evangelism discipleship ministry in South Columbus, Georgia. His passion is to see disciples being made from neighborhood to nations, from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity for the glory of God. So my brother, Baron Elias Claif is my guest. What's up, bro? How's everything going? Super excited to have you on today, man. What's good, bro? Yeah, man. Everything is going pretty well. Um, as best as it can be in this new normal, you know. Right. All right. Yeah, you can say that again, man. New normal, man. This thing came out of nowhere, man, and it's just kind of, you know, rocked everyone, man. You know, one of the things I've been saying is like this thing has affected everyone, not just middle class or poor, but it's hit everyone from rich to poor, man. So, so listen, man, you just released a new book, Good Morning Joy, and it is not morning as in M-O-R-N, but M-O-U-R-N. So, so could you like just kind of tell us, man, tell the listeners where, what inspired the title, what inspired the book, you know, if you could share with the listeners, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, Good Morning Joy, man. It just came out of a, a, a burden of mine. Uh, first, me being a everyday sufferer uh, physically. So it's Good Morning Joy. Subtitle is a, a Practical Theology of Joy for the Everyday Sufferer. So um, as we talked on offline, that uh, I was born with a severe heart condition called TGA, Transposition of the Great Arteries. At uh, open heart surgery at four months old, man. So I've been suffering physically all my life with my heart disease. I had a bunch of near death experiences with, from uh, you know, my arteries closing at fourteen, uh, pacemakers, um, you know, stainless steel stents, you know, all that great stuff, man. Crazy stuff. What should I say? You know, chest pains, um, rushing to the hospitals, and so yeah, it came out of that, man. I I was. I didn't want to write it because I was, I didn't, I don't know, that's, that's, a lot of that was, you know, was, was trauma to me, man. Uh, right. You know, I struggled with PTSD uh, from a medical perspective, and a lot of it is kind of like those, you know, those skeletons in the closet, man. You don't want to revisit those, those moments of, you know, your mama rushing you to the hospital because I'm having chest pains, right. I'm having a heart attack. It's like, so, but, it's like, man, re- I, I, it's like reopening a wound almost, like. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. And then on top of that, growing up in a broken home, um, my father was also uh, really, really sick, um, you know, emotionally, mentally, um, spiritually. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of we grew up in a really rough situation. And I didn't grow up in a Christian context. I grew up, I'm half Middle Eastern and half Latino. So my mom is Dominican. And so, you know, to, to deal with a lot of witchcraft growing up, man. Wow. Um, in my, yeah, in my home, bro. Yeah. My home, my dad. You know what? What secular psychologists will say that my dad was schizophrenic, but <clears throat> my dad was really messing with a lot of dark, dark stuff, man. And uh, he lost his mind, man. He used to chase us around the house with butcher knives, and it's, it was crazy, man. On top of that, and um, <clears throat> yeah, man. So that's so. And then I you know. Wow. Fast forward. There's some brothers from my local church, 
and just brothers from our city that I know that the brothers in the Lord was like encouraging me, man. You need to, you need to pen your story, man. You don't know how much longer you got. Um, just because the situation, 2016-17, I write about this in the book. Is uh, I had another near-death experience as a, you know as I'm older now that my heart was giving out, and um, so they needed to do a, a emergency surgery, pacemaker surgery, and so it's like, yo, you need to write, you need to write your story, leave some resource, for mm. not just for for, for um, your children, but for people abroad, the body and the block, and so right. that's how it came about, bro. Wow, man, you just said a mouthful too. And listen, man, when you reached out to me. Just for everybody that's listening, man, <laughs> Baron reached out to me, I think it was Saturday. You reached out to me Saturday, and I was in line getting five guys for my wife and I, um, and he mm. and he reached out to me at Marco on, on Marco Polo, and immediately I was like, for sure, bro. Like, and, and the reason why, and I'm t- I didn't tell you this part, Baron, but... One of the things that I feel like the Lord has really been impressing on me is like, man, I we need to get more. T- I need to get more testimonies on my show, because here's the thing. A lot of people are entering this new norm that we're in. Right. And people are experiencing all types of tribulations and loss of jobs, um, wrestling in a marriage you know, there's people who aren't in healthy house um, home living situations, but now they're confined to home all the time, you know, because of the uh, lockdown and quarantine. So if a person lived in an abusive home, you know, they can't get out and go to school and stuff. They're at home all day in that situation. And so I know this is a God thing, man, just having you on now. Because what you've been through uh, most of your life and, 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 you know, I didn't even know the aspect about your father and the witchcraft and stuff, man. But that's the reality of a lot of people, man. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the result of living in a fallen world where sin is rampant and, and things of that nature. So let, how did how so I, as a result of you growing up? in that type of environment, man, how did you come to faith in Christ, man? How did the Lord save you? Yeah, man. So fast forwarding, my father actually died. He passed away in in 1989. Um, he died of cardiac arrest. We was, we was separated. Me and my mom had four sons. We would live in a couple of blocks um, up the street because it, it got the spiritual warfare in our house was so crazy, man. Like, he would literally, like I said, chase us around the house with butcher knives. Him and my mama would fight. And, and so we were staying with my, my, my titi, uh, my, my auntie, uh, Josephine, in, in New York. This is, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. And um, so we moved, right after that, we moved down south because my mother had an aunt and uncle Fort Benning uh, army base. And so, again, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And then, you know, my mom had raised, was raising four sons single parent home I can't fast forward I, I, I got saved in 2003 um, man so shacking up living with my girlfriend my wife now praise God we was living together we met each other in, as young jits in the hood teenagers man and uh, 
we just was living together, fornicating, and uh, her grandmother, my wife is from here, my wife is African American, and uh, she had a Bible, and she, you know, she was she took it when she moved in in, in my house, in our house, and uh, man, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bro, like I truly believe in the sovereignty of God, man. I was going through so much, man. my health, and just trying to find an identity, and clubbing, <laughs> and even smoking, and. And I went in the back room, bro. I was looking. I, I asked her, "Let me, you know, let me, let me back chair." I came in the house one day. She was sitting on the couch, and I said, "Where's that Bible your grandmother gave you?" She said, "She, she used the N word." She's like, "I don't, I, I don't know where the Bible's at." You know what I'm saying? And I was like, <laughs> I went in the back, and I'm feeding for the Bible, bro, like a crackhead looking for rocks, bro. Wow. And I, the Holy Spirit was drumming. Mind you, I never, I didn't grow up. My parents reading the gospel, reading the Bible, reading, you know. So I go in the back and I open it. And uh, um and I opened the Bible and that mug says for the wages of sin is death, but the wow. gift of God is eternal life. I believe that was the day that the Holy Spirit illuminated my heart to to be born again, man. I just thought I was in a room weeping for like an hour. Jesus, just, just seeing the I seen the holiness of God, man. I seen my sin, and despite my mama always telling me you a good kid, you know you got a heart condition, because she would use my heart condition as no, oh, God understands, and I seen that I was still a vile sinner before God. Despite my heart condition or my health condition, God still demanded perfection, and that perfection was found in Jesus by faith alone, bro. Wow. Um, That's a powerful testimony, man. And so the Lord saved you, and now you begin this journey as a believer. Now, how did you get linked up with a body of believers? Did you immediately start looking for a local church? How did that come? transpire in your life yeah that was yeah that's a dumb question yeah so again so i live i live in the inner city um in the city of uh, south columbus um i live in a neighborhood called oakland park and um still live here to this day and so when i got saved bro i didn't have no christians around me i got saved in my in my crib and um and so there was a there was a baptist church up the street from my crib called Southside baptist church and I started just going there, man. I just was hungry. I wanted to know about God. I was reading my Bible on my own. Um, and then my mama went from Catholicism because, like, the, they did this thing called Santerias. It's basically witchcraft, Catholicism, and superstition all mixed up. The syncretist religion. Yeah, I'm familiar she, with it. She left that. Yeah, yeah. When she left that, she was going to this. Uh, she went started going to this Baptist church. So I got linked up over there, man. I started just, you know, going there and, and, and learning and reading my Bible. And and I linked up with some believers there. And, and, and I started doing um, ministry, bro. I started doing uh, Christian hip-hop. And uh, wow. Christian hip-hop and stuff. I, I, I dropped two albums. Uh, the first one you don't want to know about. <laughs> it was weak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Brand guy, he still used it. The quality was weak. It was called Beautiful Feet, man. Like when I first got saved, man, one thing that I, I want to share this too. One thing is that when I first got saved was I didn't see dudes in in my context who loved Jesus and who was, you know, who was from the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I always seen like I seen Mormons in my hood on Saturday knock on my door. I seen Jehovah's Witnesses come. You know what I'm saying? I, but I never seen like what we would call an evangelical Christian, an orthodox biblical Christian confront me with the gospel of my community. So when I got saved, bro, it was kind of like that, 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 that call, that Macedonian call. I was on the block. I looked left and right. I was like, man, Lord, where is cats, where the cats that look like me? Wow. And I was like, you're the one I want to use. 
I said, but me, Lord, I'm still suffering with my heart disease. He said, you're the perfect candidate I want to use. I want to show you how strong I am in your weakness. Man, he uses the weak <laughs> He uses the weak things of the world to confound yeah. the wise. That's, yeah. Man, I love that scripture. But go ahead, man. This is this is encouraging, bro. I, yeah, yeah. So I got so I, so I started doing gospel rap ministry, and then and they made me the youth pastor. I was the youth, the youth, the youth leader at my church, and you know, just teaching the youth. I was growing in the understanding of the gospel and grace and law, and and um, it's funny because I look back now when I first got saved, like. I, I started wearing slacks and button ups and took my earring out because <laughs> I didn't know. Like I, I thought that what Christianity was. Like no shade to people who do that, but like, but then as I was learning like about Paul's letters about grace and and, and not abusing grace and like, man, God was like, no, I want to use you who you are to reach the people where you come from. Wow. And so yeah, man. And so I was served there for a bunch of years, and now I'm at another church called Berean Covenant Church. And so just, yeah, man, just doing that, bro. Um, I have a ministry called Black Thugger Ministries. It's an urban discipleship evangelism. I'm the founding director, and we just make disciples in an urban context, bro, because uh, what we what we tend to see sometimes is that, well, what I see, my experience was, when I got saved, and I get this from Dehadi Lewis, shout out to Blueprint in Atlanta, he says, most of the times people, they'll get our context, but they won't get our theology, or they'll get our theology but they won't get our context. Wow. And so that, that's so profound, that's, you know, bro. So, yeah, man. So it's like, man, I was in between. I was like a Martian, bro. Like, yo, I'm theologically biblical, but like a lot of the church didn't like, didn't like my your, cultural your expression. Image. Yeah, your image and cultural yeah, yeah, expression. Image. Yeah, was, You know, of course, like, you know, bless the older saints, you know, bless their little heart. But like, they would say, oh, you want the world. You know, you wearing an earring. Are you wearing a hat? Are you wearing, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, Right, and I know we're not the first to do it because you have others to like cross movement and oh, all. Oh man, um, you know the the <laughs> legends, bro. You know the legends, and I remember. You know it's crazy now to think back, bro. Looking back, even when I was an unbeliever in the world, I was in New York. I went back home for the summer, and one of my homeboys' cousins let me listen to an ambassador song, oh, and I was man. just like, man, that, that's dope, man. But I mean, the bars are dope. He swagged out like me, but like talking about Jesus like I don't want to and just now, now that I look back it's just because I had a wicked heart bro I didn't want to hear about Jesus <laughs> <laughs> hey you know what too bear man oh, man this is fire man like so so here's the thing man one of the things what's so interesting about this interview and even your story like all the way down to your book good morning joy I just you you probably don't know this unless you heard the show but I want to say two shows ago, and the listeners, the regular listeners know this. I did a show dealing with healing. Is God, is God um, obligated to give believers total healing while they're here on earth? Now, we believe that God is a healer, right? Like, not just in the life to come. I've seen people completely healed in this this life in in terms of a physical ailment um i was born with a bre- uh, uh, a breathing condition that the doctors said i would have my entire life and through prayer you know by god's grace i was i was healed i've never dealt with any i've never needed an inhaler or anything but on the other hand there there are people who love god 
who have been faithful. None of us is perfect. You know, it's only by God's grace. But there are people who have been faithful uh, to God in their walk with the Lord who did not receive a healing um, and things of that nature. And so on the show, um, I talked about does God promise physical healing on this earth? And the quick answer to that is is no, you know, is is a no. But God does promise healing for our soul. And we know when Christ comes back and we we, we go with him, we'll all receive glorified bodies. And, and one of one of the points that I brought out in that particular episode was none of us is completely healed. The Bible refers to this body as vile. The Bible also refers to this body as corrupted. Um, Paul writes, we die daily. And the context of that is every day is a step closer to the grave. You know, there's a time when we're in our prime and there's a time when we're not in our prime. You know, and what's funny to me is you'll have these prosperity preachers and I'm not bringing this point out to discourage someone, but I think we have to be realistic and be truthful about God's word. And we don't have to make the Bible say something that is not saying to be blessed by it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's fun. It's funny to me when you have certain prosperity preachers saying claim your healing claim your healing you and if you're not healed it's because of a lack of faith yet they're standing there telling people that and they're wearing a toupee or they're dying their hair or they have fake teeth in their mouth and so it's like you're telling us it's a lack of faith then why did your teeth fall out why did why is your hair graying and the reality is our bodies, we these bodies are corrupted. They're vile because we still live in a fallen uh, world. And we're this is why the Bible talks about enduring to the end. So we're not just saved, but we're also being saved. There's a perseverance in salvation um, and there's an endurance. Jesus said that we will would have tribulation in this life. But he says, be of good cheer, for I have oh, okay. overcome the world. And so can you talk about the the aspect of now as a believer um, working out your soul's salvation and working to mature in the faith? How has it been dealing with the the ailments and the reality of of your situation as a believer? And how do you process the suffering and the the hardships that comes with with this reality. Yeah, man, great, man. This is straight divine appointment right here, bro. Cause like, yeah. So uh, you know, so in chapter two, I got a I got a uh, in my book, I have a chapter called "I Claimed It and It Didn't Work." Oh man. So let, so let me explain what I mean. So again, growing up, let me understand y'all. Y'all who listening, grew up in the. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so when I I didn't know about faith healers, I didn't know about Christianity. So when I got saved, um, I was so hungry for the Word of God. I didn't know the difference between 
sound doctrine and false doctrine. I just wanted anybody and anybody, everybody with the Bible to, to feed me. And so I got saved. I, I didn't have no Christian fellowship at the time. You know what I'm saying? Amongst, you know, a couple of people at the church and stuff like that. I was a new believer. And just to be transparent, a lot of the people didn't really embrace me in the Baptist church because, you know, just culturally I'm different. You right. know, they look at me as a hood dude, but, you know, but I'm loving Jesus. And so to answer your question, it's like, I thought I have failed God because when I first started watching I, I'm beyond it. Like I used to watch TBN, Word Network. I didn't know what was the difference. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, yo, Lord, like, okay, I'm Christian now. Yo, you know, I'm, they're quoting scriptures from Isaiah 53. By His stripes we healed. If I just claim my blessing, that all my elements will go away. So I'm, I'm claiming my blessing, bro. I'm, I'm even, I even sent some money to get, I think, a prayer cloth one time, bro. Like all these things, yeah. and none of that joint worked. Matter of fact, I talk about this in my book. Actually, when I became a believer, it got worse for me, bro. Wow. More, now, more stuff started happening to me. I started dealing with anxiety and, and depression. And I was like, man, what am I, am I is, is it me? Am I not praying enough? Am I not giving my tithes enough? And, and, and I talk about in the book that, you know, the, we call that the word of faith movement. I kind of talk about that to smash, not on the person partic particularly, but the movement in the doctrine that is damnable theology. You know, and where it started from, uh, Ken Hagee and these guys came up with this movement yeah. that if you just, you know, pray enough or give enough or you fast enough or, you know, or the reason why you're not blessed, you may have some hidden sin or yeah. it's, it's a lie for the pit of hell, bro. And so I, I talk about that, how we need to stop claiming uh, false false principles and stand on the biblical promises of God. Yes. Right. Here's, here's um, the thing, so I, because you're, you're saying a lot and I, and I just have to interject what everything you're saying is so true, because here's the thing, Baron, whether God does it or doesn't do it, he's still worthy. He's still Amen. worthy of our of our praise and glory and honor. And one of the things that inspired that particular show I did a couple of episodes ago was um, I made a Facebook post, right? And in the Facebook post, I said something along the lines of, even if God doesn't do it, he's still worthy. And so I got reached, I, one of my old childhood friends reached out to me and basically she was like, you could be discouraging people's faith and, and everything. And I was like, actually, I think it's more dangerous to believe that God, I, I believe it's just as futile or just as dangerous to believe that God is saying something that he's not saying as to but as to know God is saying something and not believing it. And so and so our faith has to be in God's word. And for our faith to be in God's word, his word has to be rightfully divided, right? If God says the sky is blue and that I can take shelter under a blue sky, I can't walk out and say, hey, the sky is orange. I believe it's orange and I interpret that as orange. And no, no, we have to understand context and, and, and things of that nature. And so 
One of the points I made, and I think this is so important for us to understand because they're within the word of faith theology and prosperity gospel. They say, well, if God healed one person, because we believe that God still physically heals, he doesn't just he just doesn't heal everyone. You know what I'm saying? But the thought is, if God healed healed one person. He because he's not a respecter of person is what we is what they say, then he owes me healing. But the problem with that train of thought, first of all, when the Bible talks about God not being a respecter of person, the context of that is that salvation and the promise of the spirit isn't just for Jews, but for the Gentiles. The Gentiles have been grafted in. And so that particular text of scripture that we that is referenced to be applied to God owes every believer physical healing isn't even referring to healing at all. It's referring to to, uh, Gentiles being grafted in. The second point is we make the false assertion that because one thing is good for one person, that is good for us. And what I mean by that is one person will receive a healing and glorify God. The next person can receive a healing and forget about God. See, it's not just it's not dependent on the posture of our heart and our journey and in God, how he's been working in our lives. One thing may be good for one person, but may be bad for the next person. Paul talked about the thorn in his flesh and said God was using that to keep him humble. Lest he should be exalted above measure that that the power of Christ may rest upon him. And so if Paul would have received the healing, Paul wouldn't have been Paul. He would have probably abandoned some responsibilities and, and things that he was able to accomplish because of God using the infirmity in his life. And so God uses God is great. And, and, and a proof of God's sovereignty and greatness isn't just him being great when we get the results that we want, but him being great regardless of our outside circumstance or our present circumstance. He's great in the good and the bad. And that's why Paul said in Philippians four, he says, I've learned how to abound and I've learned how to suffer need. He says, whatever state I'm in. I've learned to be content. So in other words, whether I'm in a palace or in a pit, I'm, I've learned to be content because I recognize that Christ is truly my source and my prize. And then that's when we see in verse 13, he says, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, man, what you're saying is so true we have to have an accurate view of God's uh, perseverance and endurance as it relates to healing and things of that nature. Because the, the, the bad teaching, like you mentioned, is, oh, if, if you don't receive your healing, it's because you've done something wrong. And here's the reality. We've all done wrong. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And so if one person gets a healing and another person gets a healing, it's not because they're more worthy. Jesus makes us worthy. You know what I'm saying? And so, man, continue, man. I just had to interject there, man, because 
I, I'm so that's sick of good, the bro. bad teaching, man. I'm sick of it, yeah. man. But go ahead, yeah, man. Continue, good. bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't no, no. Everything is crazy. Everything. A lot of the scriptures that you, you're quoting, man, those are the scriptures that I used in my book. You know what I'm saying? Even in um, Romans chapter 4, Paul actually is speaking of the proper context of justification by faith alone in Christ alone. But many people will use the passage in, in Romans 4 when it says that God, it says God speaks those things into existence that is not there, basically paraphrasing, right? Yeah, he speaks but those things that be and, not you know, as though they were, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and in the book I point, it says God spoke those things into existence. And I talk about the Latin word called ex nihilo, meaning making something out of nothing. Only God has that creative genius to call something from nothing. We cannot proclaim ex nihilo on a situation of a healing or a Bentley or a car. Like Man. we can't do that. Wow. And so I take I take that. I take Isaiah fifty three by His stripes we're healed. If, if we just claim that and then we're healed, it's like no. Like I use the Philippians four text. So the same thing you quote is like you know, I could do all things. Paul wrote that mug from prison, Doc. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like, he was in prison. And, like, you know, I talk about how some athletes, you know, will put that on their eyes or their sneakers and say, hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Like, you know, this, it, like, that text doesn't make you a superhero Christian. Right. Like, it has nothing to do with if I quote this text. I'm I'm a conquer I'm a conquer my 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 you know my 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 achievements or all these things. It's like no, the proper thing is like man, whether I'm I'm a based or a bound, I'm content in whatever whatever circumstance I'm in. Jesus is my total satisfaction. That's what Paul was speaking about in that text. And if anyone could know that practically, it was Paul in a cold cell locked up for the gospel. Come on now. <laughs> and look, and look. And so so some people would say, too, well, because he's in a prison situation, or, or how can he encourage us? He's not living um, a prosperous life or an abundant life, a, a abundant life. And um, one of the scriptures that I, I talked about was when Paul writes, I, "I wish above all things that your that you be in good health and your and you prosper, even as your soul prosper." And how that that chapter or, or that verse is usually used for financial uh, prosperity, and that text wasn't talking about financial prosperity at all. It was it was talking about abounding in truth. Loving your neighbor as Christ commanded us to love our neighbor and and operating in sound doctrine, uh, practicing um, and, and being an example of what it means to be a Christian. That was the prosperity that is biblical prosperity, walking in, in true contentment and things of that nature, man. And so this 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 is much needed for for believers Especially in this hour, because here's what a lot of people are finding out, Baron, a lot of Christians who who prescribe to the word of faith theology. What they're finding out is, especially in this season, it's not working. It doesn't work. You know, you can try to blow COVID-19 away like Kenneth Copeland did try to. You could try all of these things. But at the end of the day. God's will is going to be done. Now, does that mean 
and, and I want to bring balance to this too. This doesn't this doesn't mean that we don't let our requests be made known before the Lord. Because in Philippians 4, he says, make your requests known before God. You know, we shouldn't, we should be communicating our desires and our emotions to the Lord, having the intent, not just of getting what we're asking for, but saying, hey, God, I'm surrendering my desires to you. So I'm letting you know what I want. But just like Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so if what I want isn't in line with your will, as much as it may hurt temporarily, I don't I don't want it. I want your will. And so he says, make your request known before God. And then the next sentence says, and the peace of God which passive all understanding shall keep us and, and, and comfort us. And here's the thing, Baron, here's what happens a lot of times. We confuse worrying with praying. We'll, we'll think we're praying, but really we're just spending time worrying. We're like, man, I've been praying and it's not working. Now, when, when is, are you actually stopping and saying, God, you're my source. You know what to do with my weaknesses. God, I, I, I'm out of work right now. I don't know when food is going to how I'm going to get food on my table or I don't know if I'm going to even have a job to go back to once this lockdown is let like talking to God and not just coming from a place of, of defeat, but really giving everything to him and all of your emotions. And he says the peace of God, which passive all understanding shall keep us. And um, I'm reminded of how Jesus talks about in Matthew six, how if he clothes the lilies of the field and feeds the birds of the air, how much more important are we? You know, so there has to be a balance in understanding that as the children of God, he is going to give us what we need. And we could be confident that all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. Man, I'm encouraged, man. <laughs> I'm super I'm super encouraged too, bro. I'm super duper encouraged. I'm a, I'm encouraged. But listen, man, how can how can people get your book? Like where is it available? Is it available on Amazon? How can people download or or can they get hard copies? Go ahead, man. Share with us, man. Yeah, man. So it's on uh, Amazon right now. Um, Amazon is uh, right now. It's just on the Kindle, um, all digital. Um, but we, yeah, we got some hard copies coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it's only uh, two ninety nine if you got Kindle. It's actually free if you subscribe to the unlimited Kindle. So you can get the book for free or two ninety nine. Some of y'all pay more money than that at Starbucks. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, pick it up, man. I think and it's not just for you. Get it, bless somebody else with it. I think it'll be dope, man. Listen, make sure you guys grab this book. Good morning, M O U R N I N G. Joy by my brother Baron Elias. Clave, man. Listen, man, I thank you, man, for coming on. I most we most definitely gotta have you back. I know, I already know, because this show is pre-recorded. I know people are gonna be like, man, 
what a what a phenomenal show thank you man for sharing your testimony and just taking time out for even reaching out man i know this was a god thing man i appreciate it bro i appreciate you bro i'm humbled to be on thank you so much but listen guys thank you guys for tuning in to the path of revelation podcast and listen this is where the culture meets scripture